everybody welcome back welcome to the show today we are talking about secret of mana and we are lucky to be joined by musical expert chris taylor oh my gosh who's that oh wait no it's me hello yeah we're very excited we're very excited that there's an intelligent person here (laughs) you're welcome for my presence around thank you anyway so without faffing about anymore let's go ahead and move into personal history I mean, the personal history segments with me, I feel like, are kind of boring because they're mostly just I had this game when I was a child and I liked it and I played it again for I don't know how many times this this is now that I played Secret of Mana because it was one of my favorites when I was a kid. And I, yeah, I played it with my neighbor because uh, you could play two player. You could hand <clears throat> another person a controller. And so I played it with my neighbor who I really didn't like. But I just liked having a player too while I was playing Secret of Mana. So I got it for Christmas. I was super excited about getting this game. I saw it in Nintendo Power. It looked great. I was psyched to get it. I was so excited to get it Christmas morning. I didn't eat breakfast. And Mm -hmm. I ended up playing it all the way through lunch. And by that point, I was not feeling well because I hadn't eaten anything all day. And I was a little kid. But what really shocked me when I started playing this, because I didn't know it, it was a sequel to the Final Fantasy Adventure, oh. which I played so much as a kid. I guess that is confused. That was confusing back then. Because all of a sudden, it's talking about the mana tree, and I'm like, I know, I know what that is. I know who that is. That's Rita, right? Rita's the mana tree from. <laughs> the name. I know you name people Rita yeah. <laughs> from Final Fantasy Adventure. So that was a really big deal to me. Um, Rita is like a Latina grandmother, but apparently that's what you <laughs> name your character. So uh, this is the second game in what's called the Second Densetsu series in Japan. But uh, funnily enough, it turns out Second Densetsu is an incredibly generic term in Japan. There have actually been several video games called Second Densetsu because yeah. it mostly translates to Legend of the Holy, Legend Sword, of the Holy Sword, which mm-hmm. would is you would use that for almost any fantasy yeah. story, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like um, The Legend of Heroes. <laughs> It was released uh, for the Super Nintendo by Square in 1993. It is now big enough that it does kind of own that term. Yeah. So Second Densetsu does generally mean this series now, even Mm -hmm. though it was a generic term to start with. I also want to point out that my neighbor was a child and not like a creepy person that came over and played video games with me. (laughs) I appreciate that. I've been thinking about that since I said it. Um, It was uh, also, I don't know if I'm skipping ahead in your notes or whatever, but... It was an interesting one because it was programmed by Nasir, which is a phrase that we in the U.S. had not seen since the original Final Fantasy. Wow. Okay. Because of, yeah. Because Nasir was a uh, kind of a programming legend of the early days and Square, like, Oh, was Nasir in. a person? Yes, Nasir is a person. I didn't know Nasir was a. I was can't an remember person. his first name. I believe he's Iranian. I'm yeah. going to look that up right now while... Talking about I've seen else. that all the time, and I never. I thought that was a company or a, a group. Nasir Gabelli. Okay. 
the Iranian American. Actually, yeah, I misspoke. Okay. But yeah, he 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 was a big a big deal back in like the Apple II days and stuff like nice. that. And yeah, good job to see her. Yeah, you impressed me today. Did you have personal history with the game that you'd like to oh, share? Oh God, Chris? yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I played this game, um, back, back when it came out, my cousin actually got it and he also, his, his parents, I guess, were well off or something. I don't know, but, uh, but he also got a multi-tap. So I actually got to have the three player experience of this game with my cousin and my sister. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we played all the way through it and, um, dang, I've, I've played through it many times since. And actually, uh, when the PS4 remake came out, um, which I don't know if we're going to talk about, but. I actually played it uh, all the way through in on the first uh, day with wow. two other people. Well, we can talk about that's any. Fun. You're part of the discussion. Yeah, you yeah. can talk about anything you want to talk about. Well, I just don't know if that's getting into the weeds because that remakes a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about it. Innovation sounds like a good place for that. We'll there, talk. Okay, we'll yeah, for sure. Uh, for now, let's go ahead and move on to story and characters. <laughs> A young orphan pulls a rusty sword from the ground and becomes the ruler of all England. Yeah, all right, fine. Once again, an evil <laughs> Excellent empire. Excellent joke. Yes. We're all laughing I'm, heartily. I'm hilarious. Once again, an evil empire is planning to steal the power of mana from the world, and it's up to this orphan to travel the world, gathering power so he can prevent them. You know, you'd think that the thing you would want to prevent is evil empires. Yeah, you know, just mm-hmm. in general, Empire, empires always got to be evil. It's never a friendly. It's never an empire of care bearers, nope. uh, as is typical of a Super Nintendo JRPG. The runtime's about twenty five twenty five mm-hmm. hours, which in, feels short for how much memory or how much story I remember being yeah. in the game, and intended to be much longer. Um, yeah. It was intended to be part of that CD add on to the Super NES, and it was in, it was intended to be much more story. Um, in many more dungeons that were cut. Would you like to tell us about the characters, Russ? Yeah, I mean, the characters are a boy and a girl and a sprite. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid, I could never figure out the sprite's gender. I don't think you're supposed to know. I mean, I think it's a sprite. And in fact, in the remake, they they changed them to uh, non-binary. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sprite is they, them in, in the remake. I named the sprite Russ. I didn't I mean, know what else to fits. do with it. Yeah. So what have we named? I would be the sprite. I think we named it Sprite. <laughs> I only remember this is this is don't cry for me is how I'm gonna preface this story. <laughs> but I played this not only with my neighbor but my dad, who I don't I'm not gonna get super personal on this podcast, but isn't part of my life anymore. And he had me name the girl after the woman he cheated on my mom with. <laughs> Wow. Which, I, which, which again, I'm saying don't cry for me. Like, I just laugh at that now. But <laughs> oh, it's pretty wow. funny, though. But Actually, I didn't yeah. know, um, like, 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 after they got divorced and he introduced me to his girlfriend, and she had the same name as what he had me named the girl oh, in Secret of Mana, and that was like a trip for a 12-year-old. <laughs> so, so the boy's pretty much... This is a much, funny story, not a sad story. The boy is pretty much a blank slate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the girl is <coughs> the, the sassy princess tomboy type yeah. she's not literally she, a princess but she has that personality yes and yeah. she also has this other personality trait that i've i've been able to find in other video games and in fact i i named this trait after her well her her default name that we were never given in the u.s was prim 
Yeah, which mm-hmm. I which I love when I yeah. found that out. It's a, yeah, it's a great name. Yeah, but I, I call it the uh, the prim complex, and that's where she worships this dude who is off camera, and yeah. you're like spending your entire game like with her like trying to find this guy, mm-hmm. and like dialogue, uh, dialogue, yeah, mm-hmm. and in the remake. There is so much more dialogue about how great Dialuck is, even oh, though he is God. perpetually off camera. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, you see that sometimes in JRPGs where a female character is defined by, you know, she's badass, but she is actually chasing an off screen man who is even more badass. And you yeah. just won't believe how great he is. You just got to meet him. And then, of course, he comes back as like a bad guy or yeah. something. Every time. That's Zeno, the only way it's interesting, right? Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles, that's Sharla. Yeah. Because Charlotte's sure. always chasing after her dude, and, mm-hmm. like, he shows up, and, yeah, believe it or not, it's he's not as cool as you thought he was. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I call that the prim complex. Yeah, that's good. I invented that trope, though, but feel free to run with it. <laughs> and there's also a cat person that you run into mm-hmm. throughout the world. Yep. Neko. Neko. Neko the shopkeeper. Yeah, I do like I do like cat people. I didn't know that Neko was the Japanese word for cat, so I actually just thought it was, like, Nico. Like, yeah, I'm sure I did. Like an NICO type of name that they mm-hmm. just spelled weird. So I always yeah. called it Nico. Watts the Blacksmith is back. He was in the first game mm-hmm. as a companion. And uh, obviously, it's not the same one. So the secret of the, the Mana series is not direct sequels. They're more like Final Fantasy in that they're thematic sequels, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the same evil empire, it's not on the same planet. But it's the same themes occurring again and again about the, the Tree of Mana and trying to protect it. So it's not the same Watts. Just like in Breath of Fire, it's not always the same Nina. Yeah, although um, it is. Well, it's not the same Nina, but those games actually do take place in the same The first universe. two do. I think the third and oh, fourth are their own thing. Know. I'm not sure. We'll, mm-hmm. When I actually play them, we'll find out. Well, you played two of them. I played one and two, yeah. and they do take place yeah, in the same universe. Okay. Are there any other notable characters that we want to call out? Uh, Santa Claus is in this Santa one. Santa Claus Fana. is in this Yeah, the, and like the, Dalek and Fana are the other characters who, again, I think we're intentionally supposed to have a bigger story and a bigger part in that game, but they disappear. Um, and then, well, Fana does, and then Dalek comes back right at the very end, and you're like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> and there's a whole cast of bad guys that you just never meet until you're right about to fight them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, I'd like a little more backstory, please. No, no. And I want to know more about the Scorpion army. Yeah. They were so cool mm-hmm. and like funny, but it's like, who are they and what are they right. doing? They're all those cool-looking generals, and then they just stand there. Yeah. For like one scene. And then you kill Santa. Ah. <sighs> All right, so we'll go ahead and move on to the combat system. And Moogles. Sorry. Yeah, nope. Def- I had to point out that there were There's Moogles. definitely Moogles. Yeah. There, there's Moogling as well as a verb. There is, yeah. Because yep. you get Moogled. Mm-hmm. You get Moogled in combat. <laughs> there you go. Like Final Fantasy Adventure, it's uh, live action combat. It's not turn-based. It's action, exactly. Uh, There's a percentage bar, again, that builds up at the bottom, except in Final Fantasy Adventure, the bar at the bottom built up to a super attack. In Secret of Mana, it builds up to your ability to do a decent regular attack. If you attack without the bar being full, you're doing maybe one damage or you're whiffing a lot. So it's a lot of strike, dodge, weave, strike, dodge, weave. Yeah. And, and sometimes you, you, charging up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. To do your super attacks, you have to charge up, which is always a bit of consternation for me because I'm like, why would you ever do that when you can just swing your sword over and over again? I don't know the point of building up to like a level five attack because that takes Mm -hmm. all day of dodging, weaving, building up to a five, and then you could miss. Yeah. But level one, level two, I would use. Uh, But yeah, the weapons level up the more a particular character uses them. And you can then hold down the attack button to charge up a very, very slow meter to use power attacks. And, yeah. of course, you can't level it over the level that the weapon itself is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't learn a level 4 move on a level 3 spear, for instance. Yeah, you work with watts to level them up as you find s- spheres Which throughout the world. kind of gives you like a good incentive to rotate the weapons constantly, Yeah. if you want. Yeah. Uh, some of the, well, that's more innovation, but some of the weapons also have uh, navigation purposes. Yes. The whip can get you across yeah. chasms, and the yeah. axe can get rocks out of your way and stuff mm-hmm. like that. When I play this game, I always cheese the spells. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, Who doesn't? You gotta. The, the diamond missiles. Yeah. That is how <laughs> I play the game, because I even as a kid, I learned the timing where you could cast it at just the right moment in the animation, cast the next round mm-hmm. of it over and over again, and it would stun lock the enemy yeah. until you used up all your MP. Which is fair to do, because the enemies, especially some bosses, can do it to you, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is that is pretty much how I went through every boss fight. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. they weren't weak to... Unless they were resistant to the gnome spirit. And this game very much had that thing, because you could only carry four of each item, so your MP healing items were only uh, four, so you basically always had to, like, save all your spells for the boss mm-hmm. and just spam it all on Which the... is how I tend to play JRPGs anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. This game is very much, like, it... it guides you to doing that for sure that is all i have for combat system i don't have any more notes for the combat system i mean it's yeah it is what it is yeah i'm just sitting here staring (laughs) hoping somebody will say something the rabbits are cute i like the little rabbit the enemy designs are good actually they have a thing that i like to call too cute to kill yeah oh no Mm -hmm. that's uh the musha booms musha booms yeah everything in that game is too cute to kill even the goblins are cute they are even when they're putting you in a stew pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the whole look of the game overall is, it's it's a very cute looking game. The characters are expressive. They did, um, like, the expressiveness they had in, like, Chrono Trigger and, like, Final Fantasy VI. I feel like kind of started here. Well, let's go ahead and move into innovations. Like has been mentioned a couple times now, it's a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can actually play typically two, but if you had the fancy multi-stab. <laughs> right. If you were rich. I didn't, but my cousin <laughs> did. Uh, you could have other players controlling your party of three people at the same time, yeah. which almost no JRPGs are multi- multiple player. Right. And certainly um, the three player ones are rare indeed. Yeah. Uh, it has a very quirky sense of humor, which I always enjoy. Uh, it, it did innovate uh, cannon travel as a primary yes. use of intercontinental <laughs> transportation. It, and that's the system we use now today, and it started with Secret of Mana. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When Russ and I go to Japan, that's how we're going. It's going to be by cannon. <laughs> I, don't have I mean, I feel oh, like you're okay. going to say something else, but okay. So, I feel like we really are on delicious dish now. Lots of... <laughs> silence was this the uh was this actually the because i know final fantasy 4 had 
kind of a version of it, but the way that like Mode Seven worked with travel with like the dragon and stuff, like this might be the first game that kind of did that, wouldn't it be? Yeah, Final Fantasy didn't have Mode Seven till six, I believe. Final yeah. Fantasy four and five were well, it um, kind of did when you got well, the airship. It turned into yeah. Mode Seven, but it stayed on a flat plane. It did. That's true. Whereas yeah. this had more of the scaling and rotating that were yeah. like uh, that were you know used more in in six and stuff so that was that's pretty innovative this would also be a good chance to talk about the playstation 4 remake oh yeah i didn't play it so i i did play this game again when it came out with the mana collection yeah Mm -hmm. um so like the yeah the ps4 remake i played with uh with a couple friends and yeah we just did like this uh kind of 24 hours straight out playthrough that that lasted all weekend and um yeah so we took a couple of breaks it's it was so weird because it is almost note for note the game but all the graphics are proper 3d now and uh some of the some of the glitches are gone but also like because we played it opening weekend it crashed the ps4 constantly (laughs) so we'd go for like an hour and just expect to crash so we had to like um you know uh, save a lot. One of the interesting things about it too is that uh, it. So whenever you go to visit an inn, instead of just straight up going to sleep like you normally do, like the little sleep animation, often where the character sprite is actually halfway out of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead of doing that, it goes to a cutscene where the three characters uh, actually have a dialogue about what has just happened in the game. Here's the thing: the game doesn't know to skip one of those stories if you didn't go to an inn at that point. Therefore, we were at the end of the game and the characters are still talking about Santa Claus <laughs> in our game. Yeah. And in those little dialogues too, like almost every other one was Prim talking about how great dialogue is. So it, it's so oh. it's such a meme if you play through the PS4 version to like talk about how amazing and great like dialogue is in every sense of the word. She That's compares funny. every other character to dialogue. It's just it's ridiculous. But I thought it was really fun, and I actually quite enjoyed the remade soundtrack, which I guess we'll get to. But yeah, it was remade by Yuzo Koshiro mostly. And uh, so, like, one great composer taking another great composer's work and changing it. Of course, people complained, but I thought it was really nice. So, Well, speaking of, unless anybody's got more innovations they want to talk about, we can go ahead and move into music. Chris has been waiting for that. (laughs) Because this is the one I know. Before Chris takes off, because I know he's going to. I know he's going to do the bulk of the lifting. This is one of the few games where if I stop and think for a second, I can hear the soundtrack in my head. And music doesn't normally stick with me. But I can hear various themes of this song if I just think about uh, They are in my memory. The, the entire soundtrack has a very ethereal quality to it, I feel. Mm-hmm. All right. Now Chris is going to run. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, the uh, the Secret of Mana soundtrack is is possibly one of the most iconic in the Super Nintendo era of JRPGs, which is one of the most iconic of JRPGs in general. So, yeah, we're talking, like, best of the best kind of soundtrack here. Uh, the entire thing was made by one guy, Hiroki Kikuda, who uh, he had worked on a couple things prior to this and a couple things after, but, I mean, this is, like, really his, you know, his his peak i would say um arguably secant and set three but whatever not only did he create this soundtrack he created the sound files and samples that he actually used to build the soundtrack so it's like if you made like a great lego sculptor 
or a great Lego design, but you also built each Lego. <laughs> like, oh, okay. that's, that's how this guy <laughs> made this soundtrack. And, uh, one I'm of sure the, someone on YouTube does that. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and one of the big, actually interesting things about this soundtrack is, and it's, it's really, um, it's hard to talk about without, without also mentioning this, but because of just the way the game itself was built, there is a an instance where anytime you're like going up and down stairs, for instance, it cuts out a major part of the soundtrack. So not only will you have the entire soundtrack in your head once you've played this game, you'll also be able to hear like, for instance, the the Dwarf Town theme without like the percussion because of going downstairs <laughs> and just hearing that, you know, instead of like a big part of the actual song. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. I never knew that. Learning. Yeah, because, um, well, because Super Nintendo games had eight uh, ch- sound channels that were mm-hmm. each kind of tied to like this certain thing in the programming, whatever. I don't know it at that point. But, you know, that can be sort of like one of those channels can be like kind of nullified by other sound effects that are going on. Mm. Um, sometimes they can be cleverly programmed around, but like since those same eight channels are handling the sound effects as well as the soundtrack in certain games that, that, you know, there's like little overlooked things. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen anyway, the songs themselves. So it's funny because uh, I, I'm not going to be using the proper titles of the songs to talk about them because I don't know them. Like, for some reason, this official soundtrack renamed all of the sound, the songs to, like, things that I don't know. Like, A Bell is Tolling, A Curious Happening, and, you know, Did You See the Ocean is the name of a song. (laughs) I did did see the ocean. Thank you for asking. I closed my eyes, you know. Like, so it's got, like, all these titles and stuff that I can't really go off of, so I'm just going to... But yeah, you will know right away that like when you load up this game that it's got something kind of unique going on because like the opening kind of funk track with like the hand claps and stuff that open up the actual story. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's anything else that sounded like that on the Super Nintendo at that point. And um, when you get to the first boss fight, it's just the music there is almost terrifying. Uh, It's actually called Danger. And... It's just this frenzy of notes that I actually, um, I met Hiroki Kakuda one time at a, at a MAGFest, and I told him, because this is true, that I someday want to cover that song, the boss theme from Secret of Mana on real instruments. Uh, I told him this through a translator, of course, and he laughed and then said that I was going to die. <laughs> now, are we sure he was saying that in reference to right. what you just said, or was he just threatening you? <laughs> I think he was saying it in directly because he laughed as soon as the translator told him what i said and then yeah he he very much wrote these songs not to be played by real human hands and uh you can hear that in certain songs like uh there's actually the ending credits theme is called second truth from the left and it has a slap bass solo in it that is impossible and it's so like it's funky and joyful and all this other stuff and actually influenced by my favorite band gentle giant which is a uh, progressive rock band of the 70s that i know that kakuda also enjoys and um he actually threw a gentle giant reference in there it references a song called two weeks in spain very deep trivia there for or that's a deep cut um (laughs) in every way (laughs) (laughs) but yeah every theme that you come on you know you hear the acoustic guitars of like the uh you know when you enter in like these pastoral areas where you know you're fighting rabbits and stuff and everything's so peaceful and it's like it's not only 
acoustic guitars. It's double flutes. It's like, you know, vocal backgrounds and things like that. And it's just like any scene that is underscored is just done up to like 11. Because like when you enter like the haunted areas or, you know, fighting, what's his name? Thanatos or is it mm-hmm. Thanos? Thanatos. I Thanatos, Thanatos yeah. <laughs> Mixing everything up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Thanatos' boss theme towards the end of the game also has one of the creepiest songs, Mm -hmm. like I think in the Super Nintendo library. Um, It's just like these heavy scratches that don't sound like an instrument at all. It just sounds like scratching like something terrible. And, you know, still with like vocal choral, you know, type of things and just like these, you know, diminished intervals and stuff like that. It's so, so effective. And then like as soon as, you know, you get to the last boss and it's... uh, it's Meridian Dance, I think is what it's called. And that is like just this funky prog, like, you know, craziness that's, you know, it just, it all sticks in your head because it's all super well made and kind of informed, I think, mostly by progressive rock. Um, and yeah, my, my list of favorites in this is so long, I'm not even going to go into those. <laughs> it took me forever to figure out how to fight that emboss as a kid, by the way. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, even, even now, as an adult, when I was replaying it for this, I, I, I barely squeaked. Like, my last possible hit killed it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I, uh, they didn't explain that super well. But at least they explained it somewhat. But, yeah, you had to, like, figure out to cast a spell with Sprite and cast a spell with Prim. Yeah, both, both of the other party members had to cast the sword spell yeah. from Dryad, which I never used Dryad in the game, so yeah, it you're was not- super weak. Right. They both had to cast it, and then you could actually hurt the emboss until one of the castings ran out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then you run out of mana, that's it. You can't win. Yeah, hopefully you have walnuts. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That <laughs> no, wasn't music related. But. That's okay. It's walnut related. And walnuts, you find out, are the most important food group yep. of this entire game. That's true. But yeah, no, I mean, I can go on all day. Like I said, it's it's a massive soundtrack, and every piece just has, like, a lot of meaning to it, uh, you know, and I think that that actually really comes out, including like certain songs that people would deem like I don't know irritating, like the Dwarf Town theme. I like the Dwarf Town. I theme. love the Dwarf Town theme, but people are like, it's so nasally. I was like, it's that's the other thing is that like the soundtrack for the most part is like so joyful and kind of bouncy that it so super fits a game where you walk into any store and the store, the storekeeper's just doing this jig, like yeah. just dancing constantly. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy that. They're always dancing yeah. all the merchants. And I like that. They're also dancing even when the town, th- the town's problem hasn't been fixed yet. So it's got the sad theme. They are still busting moves. Yeah. They're just like, yeah. Oh yeah. Gotta dance. Get it. And actually as a, I'm going to do one more piece of trivia and then stop talking about the music. Okay. Um, somebody asked uh, Hiroki Kakuda in a, what do you call those things that we used to have back in the before times? Panel. Yeah, a panel. They asked him in a panel what his personal favorite song that he made for that, that game was. And he actually wrote this song with the intention of it being the overall theme for the Sprite character. And it is used once um, in a scene with the Sprite character. But what it became... Was the, uh, what's the desert town? Kakero? Kakaro? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It, when you save Kakaro Village and it has this da 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 da, like this yeah. really happy yes. song, mm-hmm. that apparently is Kakuda's favorite song that oh. he wrote for that soundtrack. And everybody was like, what? Because <laughs> it, it sounds, it's just like, it's tuned percussion and like, you know, xylophones and stuff like that. It's a cool little ditty, but it's like, 
it's not Meridian Dance or yeah. Second Truth from the Left or Danger or no. Okay, okay. All right, so we'll move on. to... Music f- is good. Music yeah. good. Yeah, it, it is very memorable. Yeah. It it sticks it in really your head. Is. Yeah, thanks for bringing me out here to say music is good. It's it's, it's it's what we do. <laughs> it's up there with Chrono Cross Let's, as like yeah. a soundtrack that really stood out to me. A person who normally doesn't pay attention to the music. For real. And also that, that Chrono Cross, another game with a tricky final boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Even you trickier. Know, let's go ahead and move on to final thoughts. is that this is the worst game that I've ever played. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, so it, that was your turn for a really funny joke. Because I, I had yeah, mine at the beginning. You did. Yeah, we, we bookend this show. Okay. Um, no, I love it. I mean, this is definitely an A game for me. I don't know if it's A+, plus, just because there's not as much nostalgia uh, attached to it. I did play it with that neighbor that I didn't like who was a child. Um, I feel like I have to say that again. <laughs> Problem is you were... 30 at the time <laughs> right i was the creepy adult no i wasn't <laughs> yeah so so no i do like this game um like i said the the music stands out for me like it does with chrono cross um or something like streets of rage and um and i like the i like the combat i also would give it an a uh, yeah. and again the only thing that stops it from being an a plus is there's so much magic that you don't use there's so much inventory right. management because of the limited inventory mm-hmm those two things kind of get in the way. And once you know that the game was supposed to be bigger, I feel like I see the story where parts of the story and, and dungeons and things were cut out. I feel like I see that. But it's still, a, it's still a great it's game. It's still a great game. Still, still an A game. Just, Chris? Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I give it an A too. Um, I think that, yeah, it really was the weakness of localization kind of hurt it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many characters that I really wanted to know more about, but especially in the villain cast, like I said, but they are only just brought in like briefly. And it's like, we talk so much more about dialogue than any of these yeah, jokers. Exactly. <laughs> no, like the music really, and the graphics too, I actually really love the look of this game too. Mm-hmm. Like all of that just propels it to just this fun, great adventure. That's still fun to play now. It was fun to play then. Weird that they included it on the SNES classic, even though there's no way to play it three player. Yeah. But <laughs> right. I'm really glad that it's like getting uh, new life and stuff. Like I, Really, truly enjoy this game a lot. Yeah. Russ, if they want to play Secret of Mana, how can they play it? They can play it on the SNES Classic. That's one way. Easiest mm-hmm. way, really. Yeah. yeah. Super Probably simple. Probably at this point, I don't think it's on Virtual Console on Switch or anything. Um, I but, mean, they can they can play that. But you know what is on the, the Virtual Console? What is on the Virtual The console? Collection of Mana. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's true. I can't believe I forgot about that. Or you can play the remake version of it. Yeah, which is on PC and PS4, I believe. Yeah. And Switch, too, I think. I don't know if they fixed those problems with it crashing, but I'm sure they have by now. Yeah. I All also right. want to mention the duck. I didn't say anything about the oh, duck. Yeah. That's my favorite enemy, is the duck with the little soldier oh, helmet yes. on. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're actually they're from Final Fantasy Adventure, like that duck yeah. carried over, mm-hmm. and they it's borrowed them for Suikoden Three. So for quick plugs, I'm gonna say check out the TV show for All Mankind on Apple Plus TV. Uh, surprisingly good show. The premise of it is: What if Russia won the space race and landed on the moon first, and so America never stopped trying in space because we couldn't be second place. 
Uh, it's really fascinating. By the second season, we have a fully functional moon base. Uh, the third season is going to be set in the 90s on Mars. So it's just really interesting. I like the idea of alternative history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the characters and the writing on this are just great. There's a lot of real hard feels. So uh, I recommend that. Maybe one. I'm from the alternate universe because I grew up on Mars in the 90s. <laughs> that makes sense. And Russ, then I was brought here like Peter on Fringe. Do you have something you would like to plug? Um, I'll plug, I guess, a show. I'll plug Midnight Mass on Netflix. What is um, Midnight Mass? Midnight Mass is a show about religion and vampires and economic struggles on a small island in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, it is a very, it is a very slow burn, but it is very good. Um, and it stars some great people, it, uh, including Rahul Kohli, who uh, was great in iZombie and plays the sheriff in this show. And he's great in this show. And it's very great Muslim um, representation. All right. Chris, what have you got? Well, I guess I'm going to be a selfish bar stool and just plug myself again. Go for it. Uh, I am on Twitch five nights a week, Wednesday through Sunday at liar exaggerate like the neighbor on earthbound l-i-e-r-x-a-g-e-r-a-t-e i guess you could call me uh lear exaggerate if you really want to some people do um i had no idea how to say that um when, when, I, was first, kid, when I was a kid i didn't get the joke exactly yeah, yeah the no e throws idea. it all off yeah uh i i thought it was lear exaggerate for a while and then i was like i like this character and then i finally realized oh liar exaggerate yeah that's what it is <laughs> Actually, though, people in my community have taken to calling me Lier. <laughs> Probably also due that to the fancy. hat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on there. I play classic games, uh, sometimes new games. Um, it just depends. But usually it's big series playthroughs like uh, Kirby and Zelda and Dragon Quest currently. So that's where you can find me. All right. And next time we are playing the classic, the much beloved, the much talked about. Really, the game that needs no introduction and no review. <laughs> Thousand Arms. That one, my favorite. We'll see you there. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on YouTube at youtube.com slash centaurproductions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. You can find Chris on Twitch at twitch.tv slash liarexaggerate or on Twitter at enrichflavor. Thank you for listening and remember to save your game before powering off this podcast.